With the Rugby World Cup underway, former South Africa captain Jean de Villiers was in the Express studio to talk about his career, coping with injury and life after professional sport. In South Africa, rugby is about much more than winning a match. I think the, the role of rugby within South Africa is a huge one. Um, you know, we always say when I, when I used to play, and, and, and obviously still now for the, for the lads still playing, um, you know, other, other teams play to, to win, to score more points than your position. I think for us, it's, it's way more than that, because when you win, you provide so much more for, your, for the country. Um, and the reason for that is just because of what rugby has done in the past for our country. It coincided with our reintroduction into, into international sport, uh, the end of apartheid, um, the, the, the change in, in terms of leadership within South Africa, um, and, and all of that coincided with success on the rugby field. But, but rugby kind of provided the, the platform for people to celebrate together uh, in 1995, uh, you know, where, where we won the World Cup, we hosted it in South Africa. You had something that, that, didn't, that didn't pull people apart, but actually brought people together. And they were happy together. And they realized that, you know, even though we, we're very different uh, in terms of certain things, you know, at the end of the day, we, we're all South African. And, and if, we, if we find a common purpose that brings us together, um, then there's no reason why we can't function together. And, and you know, the rest is kind of history in terms of how, how the, the country's been able to, from a societal point of view, integrate and, and totally change to, to what it is today. Um, you know, you look at the, the team back in 1995 and you had a lone, a lone player in Chester Williams that was representing kind of his, um, his people. Now you look at the team and it's really representative of, of all South Africans. Uh, and that to me is a beautiful thing because I, I kind of realized as well that, you know, you, in a, in a rugby team, because rugby really is the ultimate sport where you are putting your body on the line for, for your teammate and for your country. It, it is like going to war. Um, but you can put 15 different people together, guys together, and uh, with totally different backgrounds, um, and, and they work towards the same, the same common goal. They don't agree on everything, and, and still they, they're happy to say, well, um, uh, you know, whatever, this, this microphone is, I might say it's silver, and someone else might say it's black, and we can agree that, that we both right. Um, but I understand why he says it's silver and, I, and he understands why I say it's black. And suddenly we move on and we, we understand each other's differences and, and whatever, but that actually makes us stronger. So, so when you ask the question, you know, what rugby does for South Africa, it's, it's way more than, than just a game. It's way more than just a result. And it's, um, it's a responsibility that, um, that the players definitely realize every single time that they put the jersey on to to represent their country so um if you lose you take joy away uh, from from a lot of people in south africa and we rather want to be the the people that can provide the joy and how, how do you cope with that in in a playing environment and especially when, when your captain has a, a different role there again yeah it, it is um you know again i i sometimes think it's a it's an unfair role for the players because all you did was just you know you you might have 
you've got some talent to play the game of rugby. You, you obviously put in hard work to eventually get there. And now suddenly there's this added responsibility towards other people that you don't even know. But once you grow into it and once you, once you realize what it can do, you know, it's extremely powerful. Uh, and it's something that, that, that drives the players to do so much more. Um, and, and you actually thrive because of it, uh, because, because you see the effect. Um, you know, so, so when you're the captain, then eventually it escalates and, and, and increases even more. But again, it's something that I really enjoyed. And, um, and I think even in the role that I have now, you know, moving into a, you know, to a business career, it's, it's just a totally different platform, but still being able to do the same where you, where you change and you impact people's, people's lives, you can create change. So it's a powerful thing, but it's how you use that uh, to, to make a positive contribution rather than, than sometimes a negative one. If you, if you look back on your career, is, is there, were there any particular challenges and, that you, you would highlight now and how, how did you overcome those as well? Yeah, plenty. And, you know, I, I still maintain that, 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 that sport is an incredible tool, and specifically rugby, an incredible tool to, to learn skills to apply in everyday life. Skills that you learn on the sporting field that you can apply in everyday life to eventually make a success. Whether you are a, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a whatever, you learn three skills through sport, not through professional sport, through participating, and those skills you can apply. Um, you know, so, so so for me, it's been a it's been an amazing uh, journey to go on. Where, you know, I made mistakes along the way. I had successes along the way as well. Yes, and you celebrate those. But I had adversity come my way. I had massive disappointments come my way. Um, I had losses. I had to take accountability for what I did. I had to be disciplined in my preparation and, and, and my work that I put in. Um, I had to be accountable to my teammates, um, all these kind of things. And then eventually over time you learn from it and you realize that, that okay, it, you know, where I started and where I'm at now, um, it made me a better human being. Um, but you can apply that also now in a different role that you move into. What's your one rugby highlight? I always wanted to play rugby. Rugby, since I can remember, rugby was always part of my life. So to eventually then be in a position where you can, where you can literally live your dream and uh, and and eventually represent South Africa, um, you know that that was always the dream. So my first Test match that it'll always be a um, a highlight. But mine turned out to to be a bit of a. <laughs> A bit of a nightmare as well because I got injured seven minutes into the game, got stretched off, uh, and, and then I suppose you know all the all the team, all the big team performances are usually the ones that you really enjoy because it's not just the game, then it's like post game as well and the celebrations and and the memories created on and off the field and sometimes the off the field is even you know you remember that for for way longer. So all those, you know, the Tri-Nations wins, um, being part of the squad that won the 07 World Cup, you know, all those kind of things. But then the one that really um, brought everything that I love together was, uh, um, you know, and sometimes it is the, the individual milestones as well. So your first is your 50th test, but then my, my 100 test match. Um, so that was played in Wellington, New Zealand. And, and again, because we lost the game, it's kind of, uh, you know, 
you don't really feel so great about it. But then my 101st test match, we played at Newlands in Cape Town, um, a, a stadium where I learned to 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 love rugby, um, where I was you know introduced to the game. It was the first live game I watched was there. First live test match was there. Back then, you could still, after the game, run onto the field and actually just, you know, just wanted to touch the jersey of the players on the field. And uh, and then post-game, you would play around and, and emulate the guys and, and imagine that you're now representing South Africa or whatever. So we were playing at Newlands, uh, and I played all my um, all my age group level rugby and all my professional rugby f- uh, in South Africa. I played for Western Province and the Stormers so at that at that stadium. Um, we played against Australia. Uh, I was able to. I was captain at the time. I was able to run out with my two daughters by my side. Um, my wife pregnant with our son at that stage at the game. My parents at the game. Brother at the game. I, you know, loads of friends um, played Australia. We won the game. I scored two tries, uh, and it was kind of like you know. I can remember after the game, took the two girls, and they were running around on the pitch, and I was like. Well, this is basically everything that I love thrown into one day, thrown into one experience. And I just thought, well, yeah, you should probably retire now. But <laughs> well, I probably should have. But, uh, um, but it, it was just, it was an amazing day. Um, so that, that would definitely be the highlight of, of, uh, yeah, of my career. If I could take you right back to when, when did you first fall in love with it? with rugby and when did you know that being a professional rugby player was actually something that you could achieve um so so honestly i cannot remember a time in my life where i did not want to play rugby so it's one of those weird things where i think so my dad played rugby as well um for western province obviously not professional at that stage um and i just i think you know my, my mom would still would still tell the story where you know, when I had to learn for exams or whatever, she would just hear doof, doof, doof against the wall in my room where I would always have a ball in my hand or a rugby ball spinning, you know, so it, it was it was just always there. Um, you know, when it become, when it, when did it actually be, become a realization that it could be a, a career for me? Again, I think I was a bit naive initially because I, I always thought that it would be an option, but it only turned professional a couple of years before I before I left school, so um, yeah, I suppose when you when you get offered that first that first contract, uh, you know. So I've the last couple of months that I was still at school, I was getting paid already, and you know, you you think you've you've made it, kind of thing. It, it changes quite quickly after that, and you realize you have to put in the work, and that there will be disappointments and all of that. But uh, yeah, I think it's the naivety of of being a kid and, and just thinking well it, it it not going that way is not even an option and, and luckily it worked out for me and look at look again looking on your career there's been a few injuries there and, and injuries are big occasions as yeah. well like how how do you cope with that and like, yeah look injuries are big occasions big injuries are bigger yeah. occasions and i had quite a few of them you know i always say i had six six knee operations shoulder reconstruction bicep rupture Broke my jaw twice. Broke, yeah, you know. So, so, so it was a lot. Um, I would not be sitting here if it wasn't for those injuries, though, um, because I honestly do feel that that up until the stage where I made my debut for South Africa at the age of twenty-one, I had a 
pretty easy. You know, you're basically doing it just on talent. Yes, I worked hard as well, but it came it came easy. It, it, um, maybe not easy. Maybe I was lucky in terms of selections and all of that. But um, but it, it it came quickly. So then playing your first test match and 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 moving or, or working towards all of this and then getting injured, being stretched off. Suddenly, it just puts everything in perspective, and you start realizing that. Um, that you know what you love can be taken away so quickly um uh, and 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 you learn through that so um you then kind of learn how to deal with with a disappointment you you learn that you need to surround yourself with with good people to to be able to um rely on that on them when you're not able to to move on and 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 keep going um you know and and you appreciate it so much more when you get the opportunity again so um you know it's a tough thing in adversity for me you know it's a it's a given for anyone and everyone in life in in terms of rugby it usually comes in the form of injuries or maybe when you dropped um but it's it, it's something that 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 will happen um adversity is a given for anyone and everyone um but it it really is your your attitude in times of adversity that'll determine whether you are successful or not eventually um and, and what you deem success to look like um you know so so i learned through that through the injuries you know some of the losses that we went through as well same thing um it's tough and, and how do you get through that but uh but the learnings through the injuries of certainly i think in in my case made me a you know a better person you you learn through it and and, and then you can apply it in, in life now as well and we often talk about a, a professional sportsman once your your career is over that that can be a really difficult time couldn't it like a lot of your support networks yeah. are, are pulled away a lot of your friendships and your teammates the professional help you have so can you take me through a little bit about your approach to that and how you've ended up doing what you're doing now well look the the reality is everything changes um once you retire because because it, it, it literally is everything that I ever worked towards was to become a, a rugby player then you do whatever you can to be a to be a good one and, and, and to maintain that level you know and at that stage you you get a, a decent salary uh, you probably have sponsored clothing a sponsored car uh, you know when you walk into a room people recognize you people want to talk to you you might go to a restaurant and then uh, you get the meal for free or whatever. Um, your week is planned out by your team and by your your trainers, etc. So you know what what your diary uh, you know your, your diary basically gets planned for you. Um, you're traveling a lot, so you you're basically at home only six months of the year. Um, yeah, probably as much as that. Then you retire and and everything changes. Your your salary, your income goes from here to zero immediately. Um, you know, all the, the other add-ons and luxuries, you know, slowly but surely goes away as well. You're at home all the time. So your, you know, your, your, your wife and kids now suddenly need to get used to you being there all the time. And it, it, it might sound strange, but you need to adapt to that now suddenly because uh, they in their structure, now you are you're actually making a mess of it now. Um, and, and, and I suppose the most important thing is that now you have to reinvent yourself and find the same purpose and meaning and uh, in a job 
that is totally different to what you've been doing. Now, I was lucky in that I could, you know, I, I moved into a, a role with Supersport, which is a sports broadcaster back in South Africa. So you stayed connected. So I stayed connected with, with rugby on a, on a different level, but kind of it gives you, it kind of still gives you a, a in to, to something that you're just so passionate about. Um, and with, um, you know, a company called Citadel, which is a wealth management company. And yeah, in, in, in Guernsey, we under the, the Perrigan Wealth Management uh, name. And there I moved into a role as head of our philanthropy division. Um, now, I mentioned earlier that it kind of uh, gave me the opportunity to have the same impact that I had as a, as a player, but now on a, on a different platform. Um, now, firstly, the first six months, I was just on a, you know, a, on a kind of pay-as-you-go uh, system where for six months we, we looked at, okay, can it work out? Uh, and then after six months, they had to, um, you know, see, well, is there full employment or not? And luckily, I got the, the full employment. But um, um, it was a hell of a lot of hard work that initial six months, try, just trying to figure out what to do. You know, it was a it was kind of a, a new role within the organization as well to see. Um, well, I took over from some someone else, but he had far more background in terms of the space and uh, and probably better qualified. Um, you know, I came with with a different skill set, but the the big question was how do you apply that skill set to really add add value to to the organization? Uh, and luckily, over time, I was able to. You know, I was able to to get that right, um, but it's yeah, it, it's. I suppose I was lucky in that. Well, I'm definitely one of the lucky few that could move into into something and 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 transition um, quite quickly, but still, it, it it definitely wasn't easy for me. You know, so and, and like I said, I'm I'm one of the lucky few. You know, the, the others uh, guys struggle. I struggle massively with that transition because you you need to reinvent yourself you need to and I think the best way to 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 um, describe it is probably someone going through retirement you know you're in a corporate job for 50 years 40 years maybe and then at the age of 65 or 70 then you retire and you move into something new we do that at the age of 35 um, you know and you still have how many years to live after that so um, and then the financial pressures, you know, that starts weighing, weighing heavily. So, um, yeah, I got through it and what's it now? Seven years later, I'm, pretty, I'm comfortable now where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely wasn't easy. You're obviously still, still staying in touch with the game as well. I know last year you were doing some work with the yeah. young rugby players in Guernsey as well. Yeah, so, so through, through my super sport connection, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still involved with the game. Um, you know we've we've done some stuff here in Guernsey. We we um, uh, and look all over the world. That that's actually how I eventually got the job, was because I've been an ambassador for quite a few charities throughout my career, and I and I saw what what sport can do, um, uh, you know, and, and that kind of led to to me getting the philanthropy role with within Citadel. So. It's just continuing with that as well, you know, just using sport as a tool to upskill, to um, to help to help with social cohesion, to help kids find purpose in a in a family, you know, within a sporting environment, finding a family because a lot of these kids come from uh, 
uh, environment where it's, it's not conducive for a kid to grow up, and, and specifically in South Africa. You know, and, and one of the, the charities that I'm an ambassador for is the Laurier Sports for Good Foundation. And, um, and I think the first year of the Laurier Sports Awards, um, former President Nelson Mandela actually spoke at, at those awards and, and he's, the, he's the patron of, of the organization and the famous words of sport as the power to change the world. Uh, you know, we gave that speech and, and it, it definitely does. Um, but he, he went on in that speech and said, um, it speaks to the youth in a language that they understand. And throughout the world, you know, you do sport and you get a ball or whatever, you play around and suddenly everyone understands each other. <clears throat> but you learn through this uh, and, and, um, and yeah, that, that, that's why, you know, using, using sport as that tool to, to create change, I think, is, uh, is one of the most powerful things in the world. And looking, um, moving back, back to the current day as well, obviously we're in the midst of the Rugby World Cup now. Mm. Uh, can you give us a few thoughts on, on the South African side and what you think their chances are? Well, I think up until about an hour ago, um, when we when we when we started uh, uh, recording this, um, our chances were very very good. Uh, I think that has declined since. Um, so, firstly, in the game last uh, on the weekend, Yaman Etzebet got injured. Um, you know, so he's he's a doubt for for a couple of weeks. But also uh, yesterday in training, and we, that was just confirmed now, Malcolm Marks ruptured his ACL in his knee. So he's out for, for the whole tournament. And those are probably the, the two players that they could least afford to lose. Um, so I'm still confident. I'm a little bit less confident now um, with the injuries to those two players. But then again, you know, sometimes... Um, something like that brings the team together um uh you know so we'll have to wait and see we, we're definitely good enough to win this world cup but the, the problem is that we've probably got another three teams that are good enough to win it as well so you know on the day you're going to need a little bit of luck you're going to need no no serious injuries to uh, key players um but yeah only any time or it was a good start to to the competition uh with the win against scotland I did want to touch on this because yeah. I was there in Brighton watching um, when you played Japan. Take, can you take me through that a little bit as a player, how that match was unfolding? Yeah. Because it was like, obviously from the stands, there's, there's a shock of what was going on. You know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those games and uh, I'm probably going to take a long time to, to answer this question because I think that, again, so many learnings through it. Um, it was one of those games where kind of you... We always felt in control, but you never got a big enough lead to really feel confident. Um, and that might sound weird, but it was, you know, we, we felt, okay, and then a mistake, and then they back, you know, kick three points, and they're within seven again. And then only probably in the last two, three, maybe call it five minutes of the game, you know, I started thinking, well... We, we could actually lose this game. Um, you know, when they, when they decided to, to go for the scrum rather than just kick the three points uh, for, the, for the draw, then you start realizing, well, okay, we're on our, we, we're on our goal line. Um, 
they've been pretty good in the way that they've treated the scrum because it was just in and out and, and play. Um, and the crowd was getting behind them and you could just feel the, the momentum certainly going their way. So eventually we we lost the game, but, but I think the important thing is then to to sit down as a team and say, well, okay, why did we lose? Yes, okay, we scored less points than, than Japan did, but did we play badly or did they do play really well? Did they execute better? And what, what can we change to make sure that we, we get back on track? And I think when we anal- anal- analyzed that game, we, we realized Japan was really good on the day. You know, their, their prep before and their execution on the day, um, a little bit of luck here and there, uh, maybe a call or two going their way or whatever. Um, you know, uh, on the day they deserve to win. We didn't play badly, but we knew that we could play so much better. And we, need, we now had to, had to decide, okay, well, what needed to change? How do we change that? Or rather, what do we have control of um, that needs to be changed? And how do we change that? And, and what I'm you know, very proud of is the fact that that team then got together, we changed things around and we pushed New Zealand in the semi-final to within two points uh, and they were the eventual winners and the difference was basically a Dan Carter snap drop goal. You know, three points to them, we lose the game by two. Because those scenarios, um, and it's probably similar to what the box are in now, when you have a big disappointment like that, it either brings the team together or it totally scatters them apart. And, and you learn a lot from the individuals through that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud in the, in the way that the, the team got together the following week against Samoa and, and then the, the, you know, the rest of the tournament. So um, sometimes you need to give credit to the opposition and, and, and you have a view of a certain person, team, organization. Um, and, and, and that changes once you've experienced it uh, you know so I, I think it's the beauty of sport as well in that within a sporting game anything can happen uh, you see it in cricket a lot now you probably don't see it in, in rugby that much but certainly that game four years later I mean Japan played in the quarterfinal of the, of the Rugby World Cup so it's not that they are a bad team it was probably just the way they were they were viewed prior to that game so I think it was it was um it was a brilliant day for rugby, um, for world rugby, um, and especially the fact that the Rugby World Cup was in Japan four years later than that. We actually did them a, a massive favour, you know. So I'm taking credit for the success <laughs> of the 2019 Rugby World Cup. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, so if there's anything else you, you want to add as well, because it's an open question. But... No, not really. Um, I know. I know that that I think ITV is showing all the all the live Rugby World Cup games. So so I think to to everyone watching, um, yeah, just to enjoy that and hopefully it's a you know it's a good it's a good World Cup and you enjoy the broadcast and might might see me a little bit on TV as well.